Welcome to episode 234 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Rad are launching their newest trainers, Thunder and Lightning, which just happens to be the nickname I give my fists, uh, tomorrow in the States, Thursday, um, and Friday in the UK, rad-global.com um, is their website, and you can go there now and sign up for notification of release through email. Basically, be logged on from like 10, 55 a.m. on both days and just like keep clicking refresh until they appear and then buy them. Um, join.whoop.com forward slash CPW to join the best recovery coach available. Whoop tracks your sleep, your training, um, your HRV, your heart rate, your skin temperature and other bits and bobs as well. Tells you the story of your fatigue and your strain and your potential and how to improve all of them. Uh, Com-CPW365 if you're already a member and you want to join the community page on the app. Uh, the Hybrid Academy are also having a launch on Friday. They're launching their oversized sweaters. Uh, pod 10 for money off there. They look absolutely amazing and I don't just mean Rob and John. Um, I mean the sweaters as well. Um, Rain Body Fuel gives you just enough of a kick up the ass to get your workout in without telling your whoop that something is drastically wrong. Uh, Peach Fizz is my personal recommendation there. And speaking of all of those amazing sponsors, you can go to Just Giving and search 8020 and if you donate anything over a fiver five dollars five pounds five euro to their fundraising send me proof you can win one of six months of rain um or six months of whoop and a free 4.0 or uh one of two pairs of rad trainers or a 50 pounds hybrid academy voucher and they have a team and an adaptive athlete and a master's athlete all heading for madison and they need your help to get there so wherever you are get out your card uh support the team athletes the adaptive athlete and the master's athlete and enter the raffle and you could win some prizes today's guest is adrian bosman he's a competition director for the crossfit games we talk about a pretty crazy two years for him uh he had the covid games the aromas he moved uh dave got fired uh taking over the games and everything that has gone on since we cover each stage of the season and the successes and mistakes therein and his plans for madison as well as criticism from the outside enjoy listen share and tag So, look, thanks uh, for coming back on. It's great. My pleasure. Fucking it's been a minute. You've had, you've had some turnaround since we spoke last. Dude, <laughs> it's like crazy year. It's been a crazy year. Crazy, like really crazy. Yeah. Like I was kind of thinking, so it's about, uh, it was around 18 months ago or so, I think that we spoke. Yeah, um, it would have had to have been because I was still living in California. Yeah. And I've been, we moved to Nashville, Tennessee uh in february of 2021 and so it had to have been before that um so like in that time you've had so you've had the move that's like a big deal um you've had like the games you've had let me I'll, i'll give you the rundown we moved across the country to a small apartment and then we moved six months later into a house we moved my wife's parents here they're starting to get a little bit older and they need some help. So move them. They stayed with us for a month before they got into their, their place. Um, new year happened. Dave got fired. I'm up. (laughs) And it's, you know, we moved here thinking that it's like, Oh, you know, a little slower pace kind of life will be a little bit more uh, spacious and nothing could be further from the truth. So <laughs> it's kind of funny how you know life has other plans sometimes. So what, what like, and I, I know there's a thing with like you know this uh, crossroad always has that unknown and unknowable, and like it's preparing you for for whatever might come up. But like I, even as Dude. unknown and unknowable goes, it's been a fairly fucked up like yes twelve to eighteen months. <laughs> like how are, yes, are, are, are you sitting with it now as like, <clears throat> yeah, this is fine. It's totally, has it always been fine? Have there been moments where you've been like, oh man, this is too much at once? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the latter. Um, it's been, uh, it's been tough. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where and I, I, like, I'm happy to talk about, I don't know if we're recording or not, but like, I'm happy yeah. to, uh, we are. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's been, uh, it's been hard. The, I mean, so many things, you know, uh, Dave's my friend. Uh, I worked with him for a long time, very directly in a lot of different roles. Um, so to see him get kind of unceremoniously cut out is tough. Um, and then come, uh, just the reality of, okay, now you guys have to be put in a position where you have to kind of build some things on the fly 
because from my perspective, you know, we were expecting to have that key leadership in place and now it's removed and it's not as easy as just, oh, well, all Dave did was programming or all you have to do now is programming. It's like, no, no, no. All these other things that we had in motion are still in motion and still need to be completed. And so it's very much a um, difficult for a few reasons uh, type of scenario. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's I, I feel like I've come out the other end of that now. Uh, if you would have spoken to me, I'm looking at my calendar here, you know, like quarterfinals through semifinals was really hairy because that was juggling all of those competitions and getting into the weeds of the games planning in, in a real tangible way uh, and in a way that I've never been responsible for. Mm -hmm. So that was a very, very busy time. Um, now that we're close enough to the games where there's a lot of things that are already set and it's just kind of icing on the cake type of things. Um, I'm in a much better headspace. So, <laughs> so I've come out the other side. And obviously like, so you were like Dave's right-hand man essentially for like years when it came to the game. So you obviously knew like what went into it and how hard he worked and uh, like everything that was done. And you were part of the team that supported what he was doing and helped him do what he was doing and stuff. But like after having to step up then, like, were there things that you were like, oh, God, I didn't realize that this was part of it. I thought someone else did this. Or, like, were there things that kind of surprised you about the workload? Uh, that's a good question. Um, first of all, I think it's important to recognize that, you know, there are many right-hand men and women, so to speak. Um, you know, like, I, I'd certainly on the competition side, yes. But there's big parts of the event that um, I don't still don't have a big hand in. Uh, because they happen outside of the ropes of the competition, the you know, spectator experience, whatever. Um, so weighing in on some of those things is certainly new. Um, that's that's a little bit unexpected, you know, the, the bandwidth to be able to do that sort of thing. Uh, and, and I don't think I have as much a hand in it as, as Dave used to for those particular aspects. Um, but I guess it's no surprise, but just the way that everything plays off of everything else makes it really complicated you know i think people are pretty reductionist in their view of big events they look at it through the lens of what's most compelling to them so for example they'll look at the individual competition and they'll say oh workout a was really great and you're like cool and then they'll come along the track and they'll say but workout b was terrible what were you thinking and they won't see the 18 decisions that went into making workout be what it is, how it fits in overall, how it affects other things on, on, uh, the, over the course of the weekend, how it affects, uh, material things like being able to build, uh, rigs and equipment that support what it is that you want to do, you know, and, and certainly as a spectator and a fan, you shouldn't have to worry about that stuff. So that's in fairness, you know, that it's not really their job. Um, but just being confronted with the full force of how much everything impacts everything else uh, is one of those things that, you know, you think you're prepared for it and then you're like, oh, wow, this is really complicated. Um, mm. And not in a bad way. You know, that's the job. That's that's what we're here to do. But it is a lot. Uh, was there any, like, was there any part of you when Dave was fired that was like, okay, well, I'll go too? Or was there any, like, was there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And why, like, was there something compelling? Was it like a, a, did you feel a responsibility to the event? Did you feel like, or how did you end up not going? Uh, there was a couple of things that had to fall into place, you know, some things for some of the, the team and the staff that had to be taken care of, um, some things for myself that needed to be taken care of. And, um, you know, just some boundaries that had to be drawn as far as like, okay, if I'm going to continue in this role, here's what my expectation is. And if these things can't be met, then, you know, like this is not worth it to me. Um, and so it was a difficult period. I think anybody who's gone through, you know, change a role, uh, change a leadership, you know, new job, new, new circumstance in life, like it's not always clean and it, it, it takes a little bit to sort that out. Um, and so it, it did take a lot of self-reflection to figure out like, what do I need to be able to do this in a way that I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. Uh, and, you know, thankfully at the end of the day, we could get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was definitely some, some early days when that news broke and things were still pretty up in the air as far as what's going to happen next. There was definitely no guarantee that I was going to be sticking around for the, uh, the rest of the season. So, yeah. And, right. the, and the, uh, you know, this is the first time that, uh, 
I think in a public forum, um, I've talked about that. Yeah. Well, I bring out the best in people. That's all that's happening there. Um, I I hope so. (laughs) You, um, because like there's, it's definitely something I can picture struggling with because obviously like there's a friendship, there's a camaraderie, Mm -hmm. there's a, you know, like a a loyalty and a, like a, um, pardon the pun, but I suppose an affiliation to someone that like you've worked with for a long time. And then, but there's also the aspect of like, is it a bit of a poison chalice? Like, is it like that must have weighed heavy on you of like, whoever takes this over is going to be shit. Like in a lot of people's minds, no matter what they do, Mm -hmm. because it's not him. And, and then in other people's minds, it's like, Oh, great. Like it's someone new. Don't care how bad it is. I just want someone new. So like, was there any aspect of that of like, okay, yeah, I want to, maybe I want to go because is it worth it? Or, you know, if he's leaving, do I want to keep doing it? But then also the, like, is this, am I on a hiding to nothing here by taking on such a big responsibility that's maybe doomed to failure in some people's eyes? No, I think that was less of a consideration for me personally. Um, You know, like I've been involved a long time. I know that my history with CrossFit is as legitimate as it comes. I know that I'm, as far as experience and knowledge of what we're trying to accomplish, I, I put my resume up against anybody else. And so, no, I, that didn't concern me so much. And look, to be honest, if you've worked for CrossFit or been around CrossFit for a long time and you're scared of a little controversy, it's like, dude, you're in the wrong spot. Like, you know, this is not, (laughs) we did not get here by being this diminutive. Oh, well, I guess, uh, we'll just kowtow to what people are, what the mean people are saying on the internet. You know, no, that's not, that's not who we are and where we've been. So that wasn't as much of a concern. So there's kind of two factors there. Like obviously, um, you know, a sense of loyalty to Dave was a factor. And then the second factor was just, uh, there's been some rough years in the past couple of years. Uh, and the question is like, Hey man, this is, this is going to be a bumpy ride. Do I want to sign up for another really bumpy ride? You know, like how many of those do I have left in me? I don't know. Um, how bumpy is this ride going to be? Maybe I should take a look at the roadmap before I determine whether or not I want that bumpy ride. And so those two factors I think were the most, uh, heavy on my mind, uh, that whether or not people were going to accept me in a new position was less. So I was like, that, mm. that that's neither here nor there. Cause you, you can't control what people think. Yeah. And if that's the game that you're trying to play, I think you're, you just set yourself up for failure. Is there, um, is there from, from your experience of working on the games team in previous years and then your experience of this year, obviously when there's a, uh, an element of a clean slate, I guess, there's an opportunity for change sure. and there's an opportunity for, you know, systems to change and, you know, who, who does what to change and stuff. Have you noticed a change in, I don't use the word interference, but like in more kind of, uh, all the words I'm thinking of are negative. I'm thinking of interference, <laughs> meddling. I can't think of a positive word, to you, but you know, like more, is there more hands in the pot than in previous years? You think, is there people sensing a bit of a, like, Oh, well, previously maybe we didn't have as much input as we'd like and now we have an opportunity have you noticed anything like that you know the uh not to a degree that's negative um you know like the team's pretty cohesive i was gonna say coherent they're that too but (laughs) uh and and that's the other thing about the the games team in particular and and i would say crossfit broadly is as a company um, many of the people that have been around working these roles have been there for a long time they understand Mm -hmm who's doing what and in what way. And that doesn't mean that we're married into any particular system. Uh, and like, to your point, yeah, you have a shakeup like this and it does open the door for new ways of doing things. And, and that's, that can be healthy. Um, so no, I, I don't think that we've had that kind of, uh, I don't know, like, I guess in the, in the negative sense, I can see this, like kind of what you're reaching for is like, is, has there been like a power grab type situation? And the mm. answer is no. Um, mm. Yeah. Is it easier uh, or has it made it more palatable that there's, I guess, two front facing figureheads for the games and it's not because I suppose previously, if you had just like stepped into where Dave was, say three years ago, it would have all all of the focus would have been on you and all of the pressure would have been on you to to speak or not speak to maybe has it made it easier now that it's like that Justin's there and he has you know, his responsibilities and his roles and he can take, maybe he can both take some of the pressure off each other in that kind of respect. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that is a product of who Dave is. You know, Dave's not um, going to shy away from being forefront and, you know, his his figurehead role, like he's good at that. Uh, and I think he'll continue to be good at that um, with this new affiliate role. I am not going to be that. Like, I, you know, I think that was kind of the weird part of the transition is like, I'm not Dave. I'm not trying to be Dave. And I'm certainly not going to try to be the same kind of figurehead that he was. And if I am a figurehead at all, it's uh, probably going to be in a much less, um, I don't know, limelight type of way. It's going to be a lot more understated um, and a lot more, yeah, I guess just understated is probably the best way to say that. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't think it's useful or appropriate or in anybody's interest for like me to try to be that, you know, that's, that's a product of who Dave is and it's just mm. inauthentic to try to, to, to replicate that. Um, was it, was there any part of you that wanted to do the announcements at the open or were you immediately like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, that's I'm one not of the, honestly, it wasn't a, it wasn't a real big, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to do it if that's the best plan for the team, but I don't feel like I need to do it. Yeah. So that's, uh, I guess that's kind of a wishy-washy answer, but at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, I'm happy to take that responsibility if that's the best way forward. Um, yeah. Don't feel the need to do it. You sound like you could take the criticism of handwriting pretty easily. That's that's usually the main <laughs> I've thing. I've got better start. handwriting than Dave, hands down. It's not hard by two-year-olds. No, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way better handwriting. That's Yeah, it's like illegible at least. Um, <laughs> if we'll go, I'd like to go through the season. So it's interesting Please. because, say, the last couple of seasons, so say 2019, odd. Like, odd year. The games was odd. Big the time. cuts, the size of field and national yep. champions like everything was just very like drastically Radical departure different. From yeah regionals yeah the following year swung total opposite end of the spectrum where you have like a, a stripped back like bare minimum different location like five and five to like totally different uh atmosphere yeah. again almost then, didn't happen at all i mean yeah like tooth and nail to to get yeah. anything on um and then, and I, I think, I think I spoke to you before that. But I anyway, think you might be right. I think we, yeah. I think the last time we chatted was, uh, between, I want to say it was definitely between the open and the games, but it, certainly before the games. Yeah. In well, anyway, I, I spoke to Dave after that and I'll say yeah. to you as well that that the the team that managed to get that on deserve a serious amount of gratitude because I fucking oh, loved thanks. that and it would right have been on. pushing it would have been an extra nail in the year of twenty twenty to be like, Oh, cool, there's no mm -hmm. games. It's just yeah. like at least it was one little like we felt the same way. Like, and and hey man, you know, credit to Dave for pushing for it because mm -hmm. it looked pretty bleak for a while there. Um as yeah, far as like, great. man, can we pull off anything? Is this even possible? And, uh, you know, it was through his strength of conviction and vision, um, and then the rest of the team buying into it that said, yeah, we can do this. And, uh, it would have been very easy to just roll over and say, ah, mm -hmm. you know what? It's a little bit too much this year. Everybody else is just going to wait it out. We should wait it out too. And in hindsight, I'm so glad that we didn't cause that, that really was a special event. Um, I, I don't know that I want to do it again that way <laughs> for a few reasons, but it was awesome that we were able to do it. And the stage one of that in particular was quite a feat. Um, you know, we were pretty ambitious, both in the time scale that we had to put everything together and, and get people to where they needed to be. You know, we sent one judge to every single uh, qualifier. Mm. So that was 30 men, 30 women around the world that we sent somebody to. Um, they had very strict uh, guidelines as far as equipment. They had to weigh every piece of equipment. It had to be up to spec. They um, had to start their athletes at specific times, and this is time zone dependent around the world. So what that meant for our competition team back at, at the time in Scotts Valley was that uh, we had a 24-hour rolling competition, and uh, you know, quite literally, we had people on shift that would be watching and supporting the um, Slack communication that we had and uh you know verifying scores as they're coming in and helping troubleshoot any issues that popped up and they would get relieved at odd times of the night and we ran that 24-hour competition cycle through that uh weekend or four or five day stretch or whatever it was so that was um that was something that not only was it challenging to do it had never been done that way and there was no dress rehearsal the time frame was just way too short so 
I'm really proud of that event in particular, even if it, like, I know there was a lot of positivity around it, which, which is great. Um, that one is an easy one to take some of the criticism and say, Hey, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll live with the fact that there were certain foibles to that competition. People might not have liked because the fact that we could pull it off at all was like totally nuts and hats off to the team for being game. Yeah. And saying, hey, we got less than a month to plan this thing. What do you think about a uh, five-night camping trip at the office? <laughs> and everybody's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so. yeah, it's like it speaks volumes about the team, I guess, as well, yeah. that everyone's just like, okay. Um, and I suppose last year then you had, in hindsight, days last year, but you weren't to know that at the time. But even there was like more events. There was more, like it was different. You had the whole COVID shit show of people yeah. testing positive and all that. Um is it kind of liberating? Like, is does that kind of loosen the reins a bit this year? Is there less pressure because Absolutely. the last year has been so radically different? Well, less pressure in the logistical sense because, you know, obviously you have a little bit more freedom to not have to worry about certain aspects like that. You know, like we don't have to worry about this super strict testing protocol. We don't have to worry about that kind of pressure uh, that certainly the world was feeling at the time. Um, However, I think it does add pressure in other ways because it's like, okay, now that you're free of those constraints, like you better knock it out of the park. It better be awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? At least internally, um, it's like, hey, man, you got no excuse. These uh, these externalities are starting to lift away. Let's get back to doing like the craziest, not craziest, I shouldn't say that, the most epic shit that we can. Can I swear? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Um, I actively encourage it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's where the pressure goes. It's like you know, life's about trade offs. Nothing ever just like goes away. It's like you 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 eliminate this one constraint, um, which is great. It's great not to have that pressure, but it's going to put pressure in other ways to be like, dude, let's make it as awesome as we can. And if we don't, what's our excuse? You know. Mm -hmm. Um. Looking at the season then so far, so you've had the open. Um, the, I'm am I right in saying that was like more or less like predominantly days workouts? It was some kind of some tweaks. Yeah, almost like, exclusively. There was one movement in the first workout that we ended up swapping out, uh, but other than that, those were Dave's workouts. Why did you swap the first movement? And I it was a new movement. Um, we decided that it would be better to do with a smaller pool of athletes uh, later in the season. So we would pull it in in the quarterfinals. Okay. And that was one just because, you know, mass exposure to that many athletes. It's like, okay, we've never done it in competition before. Let's make sure we kind of do this with people that are a little bit more serious about competition, maybe uh, with a slightly smaller scale. And then second is kind of the affiliate consideration about that, you know, like, we always do try to plan with some sensitivity to the fact that affiliates have to run this in their gym with a lot of people and getting that through in um, different parts of the world. You know, you get some people that are in the middle of winter, some people are in the middle of their summer, some gyms are huge, some are very small. What does that look like trying to get a couple hundred thousand people through this event in a practical sense? And is this the right time to do so? Yeah. If you, if you look at the open and you look at say the workouts, the reception to the workouts, the, um, I suppose the results of the test or the results yeah. of the workout. Um, are you happy with how it went? Say it's strictly from a programming perspective. Yeah, I think it was appropriate for what it needed to be. And, and, you know, as a cut, as a, as a game that the average person can show up and play, I think it was a win. Um, you know, there's always going to be arguments that's like, Oh, it's, it's not easy enough. There, you know, you, there's always going to be somebody that says, oh, it was too much for me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but overall, I think it was pretty accessible for um, the large majority of people that wanted to play, which is always uh, great. And then on the other uh, end of it, uh, I think it provided enough of a challenge that you could separate the top 10% that want to move on and be serious about it. Um, I think mm -hmm. the criticism of this year's Open was uh, it wasn't as broad as it could have been. Um, and I think that's fair if you're looking at it to be like this completely encompassing test of fitness. Sure. You could make some arguments there that it wasn't as broad as uh, years in the past or, or maybe as some people would want it to be fair enough. Are you, uh, you kind of handcuffed a bit by the three weeks? Do you think? Uh, I don't think so. I think no. that, uh, I mean, the, take a look at the last chance qualifier, uh, for example. Now, you know, obviously you're playing with a, a different field of athletes who are really, really exceptional, but they had one, 
two-day test with four workouts in it and i think it was a pretty broad hmm. um broad test so no i don't think three weeks is a big ham hamstringer especially given the nature of what the modern open needs to be. And in, again, in my opinion, I think that's something that we need to do a better job of educating people on is like, okay, what's the philosophy of the open in 2023 now? Um, like, does it need to be a games level test with that much breadth and depth and everything else? No, it doesn't, you know, it needs to be broad enough, broad enough that people feel like they get their hands on some things that they've been training over the, the, the past year broad enough that we get a lot of people excited to do it broad enough that we can get the cut line right for those that are going to advance and, um, you know, take the sport aspect to that next level. Um, another, I guess, uh, maybe not a criticism, but I suppose like some shit blowing in HQ's way from the <laughs> open was, uh, where was none of that this year? What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Say during the open, I suppose, was the the leaks, like the workout, yeah. the, like yep. it looked like just a technological fuck up, basically. That a yeah. link was someone just happened to try a link. It was like, oh, the workout's yeah. actually there. Like those kind of things, I like what happens when that happens. Are you, do you just throw your hands up in the air? And there's nothing you can do about it now, anyway, or do you? Is it damage control, or do you just accept that it's happened, or what? what what's the general reaction to that? Well, I mean, it's frustrating because everybody works hard to make sure that things like that don't happen. Um, and so, you know, I think it varies person to person. Personally, I feel like I'm a pretty good at accepting things in the moment. And it's like, what are you going to do? You're going to get frustrated and freak out for what? Like it's done. There's nothing you, you can't put that genie back in the bottle. So, you know, you might as well get used to that and then figure out what's next. Um, but what it does and did for us uh, start was like a real look under the hood, a, an inquiry as to how are we doing this? How has it changed? If it's changed from years in the past, why did this happen this year in this way? And then let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, and, you know, nobody's satisfied with that when they're on the outside looking in because it's already happened. Mm. Um, but that is that is what that triggered. Um, and it's funny, too, because people have such short memories you know, I think that with um, not not to focus entirely on, you know, Dave and his involvement and then, you know, getting fired and what happens next and all that. But there really did seem to be this. Um, I don't know what you even call it, but there was this. Uh, uh, gosh, man, deification of like, oh, well, when Dave was around, there were no flaws. And it's like, what? Like, have you been around? There were, there were certainly bumps along the road. I mean, we had leaks in the past. We had problems, um, you know, and, and not to disparage the work that we've all done to this point. I'm just trying to illustrate the fact that it's never been this flawless execution. And now that we have somebody that's that was there that isn't, it's all falling apart. And I very much feel like that's how people were trying to paint it and still are in a lot of ways. They're like, oh, my gosh, the sky is falling. This is not exactly the way that I remembered it in the glory years with me conveniently not remembering the parts about those quote glory years that were less rosy. Um, yeah. I think it's acceptable. People are funny that way. But it's acceptable. I suppose like some people will hear you say that and be like, Oh, well it's easy for him, but it's kind of acceptable for you to say it because you were on, you've been in both camps. Like you yeah, were there correct. when folk ups were made in the past and you were there when folk ups were made this year. Maybe you're the common problem. Hopefully I'll still be around <laughs> when fuck ups are made in the future. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, we'll see. <laughs> If you if you move on to quarterfinals, then yeah, you program quarterfinals. Yeah, and quarterfinals were smooth, and we didn't have any bumps along the road, and so not much to talk about. <laughs> I'm joking, but uh, yes, I did. I programmed the quarterfinals, um, the two workouts for the semifinals that we gave to um, event organizers, um, the age group semifinals, and the last chance qualifier, and then now the games. And is it like, say, with quarterfinals, were you happy? Were you nervous going into quarter? Were you more nervous going into quarterfinals than the open because it was specifically your stuff? Or are you, no. as you've alluded to, are you kind of confident enough to be like, I know what I'm doing, it's fine? Yeah, no, that, that the quarterfinals wasn't a big deal. And I programmed the quarterfinals largely last year. You know, Dave, um, I, I was responsible for drafting them, let's say. And then Dave and I hashed it out and met in the middle with, with what ended up being the quarterfinals in their first year in uh, mm. 2021. 
so that process was routine and that was the plan uh heading into this season so that was already one of the responsibilities that i was taking on and that plan was already underway at the beginning of the year so that was like that was just business as usual really mm. uh, there's just a little bit more of a focused spotlight because now people are thinking about it in a different way so as far as my um process there like no nah, it didn't really change much um because it was already expected and were you happy with how that went or like as in how the workouts went how the reception to the workouts was and then yeah did i was did, did the queries that came or the criticism that come yeah. is it the same as a criticism for the open where you're like okay why does it why is there criticism and what can we do to negate it next time i guess oh absolutely i mean like you can't be invested in something i guess you can but i'm not uh you can't be invested in something for like 15 years that's a niche thing that you kind of dedicate your whole life to and then just be like man i don't really care that much like that's absurd <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like why wouldn't i just go get a bank job somewhere or whatever if that was the case um th this is not the game that uh, that we're playing um like i i've i've stuck it out working for crossfit making my life revolve around crossfit because i believe it to be the best of what it is you know and i think we've all seen that we've seen that in the way it can really impact people positively and the cultural effect it can have broadly um all these really big picture awesome positive things um you know it's not uh i lost my train of thought a little bit but the, the point is that if you're sitting there and you're responsible for something like this and you've got the attitude of like well it doesn't really matter or, well, i'm not really interested in it it's like why are you doing it um mm. so yeah absolutely the criticism is one of those things that you're always going to look under the hood and um certainly not immune to um to that uh in the impact that it can have emotionally or whatever else um but at the end of the day you got to weigh that against like did i do the homework did i yeah. you know make this thing what it should be um and i think as far as the programming was concerned i think as far as the experience that most of the athletes had i think the answer was yes it was a big success um were there some instances and some high profile instances that dampen that absolutely and are there some things we're going to do differently um because of that in the future yeah 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 all right so quarterfinals uh um, you gotta you gotta keep that in by the way just the whole thing oh the full six minute silence yeah. of you just like twiddling your thumb <laughs> we'll see we'll see how many of your fans are really hardcore listeners yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> got that out um that'll be a clip i'll put i'll yeah. clip that and put it on instagram <laughs> um so semi-finals um crossfit programmed so you programmed two events for that um yep. the the complex and the rope climb um, for individuals yeah yeah um and like it's kind of funny because like part of me is like uh say some of the feedback we'll call it that comes i'm kind of like yeah okay i can see where the annoyance is and then sometimes it's kind of like i like i think you kind of alluded to it there like do you do you feel like people are just looking for just anything to be like oh some of them for sure I, you know there's lots of people that have their mind made up that you know, CrossFit is past its prime and it's a sinking ship and there's no hope and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fine. You can have that attitude, but I don't have to listen to it necessarily. And, and then it's like, for me, who is still faced with, and many others who are still faced with doing the work, it's like, what's your response to that? Just throw your hands up and quit. You know, <laughs> come on. What do you, what do you think that we're going to do? We're going to try to make it the best that we can. Um, so I don't know. Criticism is always funny because you have to to your point, take it with a grain of salt as far as where the person is coming from. And I'm generally pretty charitable. I call it my naive Canadian man hat. You know, I was born in Canada and uh, I put that on from uh, maybe a lot. And I'm generally pretty charitable and, and kind of take the view that most people are coming with a good intent. And that's certainly not the case. There are many, many people that don't have anything constructive or a constructive intent and people take them as if they are. Um, and I think that that's not necessary. Uh, but there's, but on the other end of that, let, let's talk programming specifically because I'm rambling a little bit. But uh, programming specifically, there's always going to be people that have strong opinions. And that's great, in my opinion, because it means that like so many other sports, people are invested enough to care. And at the end of the day, I think there's many 
bad ways to program, but most of them are not as dire as people make it out to be. And most of it does not revolve around their particular preference that they're usually so fired up about. Um, there's a pretty broad strike zone for programming to be appropriate. Um, so sometimes I think people get a little bit carried away when they look at things that maybe are their pet interest and they're not reflected and therefore it's a bad program or a bad test or whatever. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. That's fine. I want, cause I know that, um, well, I heard that the semifinal events and event organizers were given like say bumpers of like, yes, for the other events. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I assume the obvious bumpers were the workout we're giving you has rope climbs in it. Don't program rope climbs like those kind yes. of obvious ones. But like <laughs> when you look at the other events, what other bumpers? So we'll assume they're given bumpers of you need this many workouts. You yep. need to, you know, was it were they told like you need to have one long form one should like how, how specific pretty much get? yeah it, 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 what you just said is pretty close so it was general well let me back up and say that the challenge is that it needed to be general enough that people did not feel that they were hamstrung as far as what they could add to their own events as far as the unique program that they wanted to bring to it um etc et you don't want to chop people's creativity off mm. Uh, but on the other end, you need to make sure that somebody qualifying out of North America in the Granite Games, for example, is not faced with such a radically different test as somebody in Lowlands, for example, that people could look at that and be like, man, this person got in because they have a niche skill set and not because they are the fittest. So that's the balancing act. How do you not take away from the creativity of these event organizers that are super passionate about what they're doing? while still maintaining the integrity of the test across regions. So it was, it was a pretty broad, um, in my opinion, a pretty broad range of criteria that we gave them. And it was basic timeframes, you know, um, types of movements that we thought we would like to see suggestions on loading and the challenge around the loading that should be appropriate at this level, things like that. And then within that, there was a lot of freedom for those guys to come back with their programming and for us to take a look at it. And did you veto any? Like, was there much like, oh, no, you can't, you can't do that. There was a few. Yeah, there was a few. And then, you know, more often than the vetoing outright, um, because at that level, most people have a pretty good sense of what they're doing. Uh, so there wasn't as much, you know, like, oh, this just can't fly. Uh, but there's definitely a lot of tweaking and, hey, I think this could be a little bit, th th there would be a better expression of what you're trying to go for here if you adjusted these reps a little bit or adjusted these loads or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um. The last chance qualifiers then and the age group from what I yeah. saw anyway, it got a very positive reaction workout wise as in everyone seemed yeah. like largely, especially the age groups one, everyone was thrilled with the programming there. Is there are some like of my favorites. Well, not everybody. There was definitely, we challenged yeah. the age groupers a lot this year and um, there were some pretty uh, fiery age group competitors that we heard from via email and through our support channels that were like, wait a minute, legless rope climbs for everyone. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. Everybody uses the, the heavier wall ball. Are you sure? And it's like, yes, this is not a typo. You guys are ready for it. Let's do it. Um, so there's, there was some strong feelings on, on those movements in particular. Uh, but yeah, I agree overall. I think it was pretty well received. And, uh, personally that the age groupers all season long had some of my favorites, uh, from start to finish. So th there's some fun ones in there. Um, you talk, we talked about criticism there and we talked about, um, like I suppose outside criticism and there's, there's like been a sort of a, um, like a flourish or a burst of like media and, uh, I suppose like outlets around the sport. So you've got like, there's mm -hmm. like, I suppose independent podcasts. There's like people who do videos, there's people who do vlogs, there's people who do like written articles. And you have people like say chalk up who are, you know, mainstay or like, even like say talking elite or people who've been early adapters or whatever. Um, it, like, do you, do you guys pay attention to what's being said or how it's being said? Or is it kind of, is it a case of like, well, if we start listening to that, like that's a rabbit hole that maybe we don't want to go down or, um, like, I'm just curious how much of the stuff that's being said and who's saying it, are you guys aware of? Um, 
aware of, I think is fair to say that, yeah, we're aware of, of most of it. Uh, how much we pay attention. I think that's more person to person. And I mean, look, it's one of those things where there are only so many hours in the day and it's a pretty busy job trying to manage the season at the best of times. Frankly, I just don't have time to be listening to hours and hours and hours of everybody with an opinion that has a microphone and is on the internet and valid or otherwise, you know, I think there's probably plenty of great things that I'm not privy to because of that. Um, and there's probably plenty of things that aren't really worth my time that I'm not privy to either. So it's a double-edged sword. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's just a, a question of how much time do you have and what are you willing to dedicate to consuming this type of media versus the job that you have to do. Um, so yeah, broadly aware of a lot of that stuff. And again, I think that the charitable view is it's great that we have an ecosystem where people are invested enough and care enough to have strong opinions and try to get people rallying around them. I think that there's certainly some, uh, some elements there that are maybe less, um, the, the, the good intention isn't there and people shouldn't be, um, deluded into thinking that there's any constructive element to, to some of it. And that's all. And that's fine. If like, that's what entertains you and that's what you want to, uh, you know, fill your mind with then great, go for it. But, uh, don't, don't delude yourself into thinking that there's like some greater constructive element <laughs> Who are, you, who are you talking about there? It sounds like you're talking about someone specific. I'm not talking about anybody specific, and I don't want to stir things up. I mean, I, I think people listening be like, oh, he's talking about Hiller. It's like, no, not particularly. But, I, you know, there's, like I said, I think there's a range of um, range of outlets, range of opinions. Um, you know, you, the listener, have to determine whether or not this is something that's actually making things better and interesting to you, or if this is more sports entertainment or whatever. Um, and I'm not going to make that decision for anybody. That's up to them. Um, mm. And I certainly don't think that, uh, you know, people should be restricted from having those strong opinions, whatever they happen to be. That's fine. Go for it. Uh, I uh, you mentioned Hiller there, and I know like that, say, around the age group and the like the la the semifinals and the quarterfinals there was a lot of um he put out a lot of videos about like say scoring inputs and updating the scoring and how some people missed out um from quarterfinals to semifinals because of um i guess perceived delays in altering for penalties and adjusting for penalties and that kind of stuff um or for say that there was a lot of queries around the shut run distance sure. and how that affected mm -hmm. people above and below and stuff um is it like when criticism like that is leveled are like are you kind of like yeah fair enough like similar to the stage one where you're kind of like yeah okay like we you, we did make mistakes or do you push back do you like because i know one of the main criticisms i guess that i've heard um around crossfit is i guess the lack of communication which does seem to be improving and there does seem to be efforts yeah. being made but i guess it is and it can be frustrating when say something like the shut run thing when nothing i guess concrete comes and i know there's been press conferences yeah um, or, or uh, media meetings and stuff um which like i've never been invited to but that's fine um <laughs> but like when those uh it's kind of it's hard i suppose to I can understand how people find it hard to watch that and come away from it thinking, well, that answered everything because it, it, sure. it's, it does, it, it does come across as like, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a word. Incestuous is the only thing that's coming into my head, you know, like where everybody's like on the same team talking to yeah, each like other, like an about, echo chamber type of yeah, situation. Like, mm -hmm. But then I suppose the other side of it is you don't want to just invite everyone in and then have like, you don't know what anyone's going to like, you don't know, it could be totally derailed for 20 minutes by someone, you know, going down a really specific rabbit hole. So I understand the balance, but it, like, is it hard to communicate without over communicating or is it hard to, because I guess it's a culture shift as well, where there hasn't been communication and now you're trying to instigate it, I suppose. Yeah, it, it is interesting to watch it unfold because we're more forward facing with with everything than than we ever have been as far as the competition and how to play and what the rules are and, and uh, you know, what resources are available to athletes. Like even just a couple of years ago, that there was radically less available to athletes. And so on the one hand, it's like, yeah, of course, there's still need to improve that. Um, on the other hand, you know, sometimes you look at it and you're like, hey, how far 
is this expectation given that there have been big improvements and and maybe that's one of those things again where you can't expect more than a a short-term memory from people um, especially if you're considering new people coming into the sport they don't know any different that's fine um but i do think it's important to take you know, strong criticism and look at it objectively and say, okay, is this something that we need to adopt? Is this something that is uh, genuinely causing the level of problem that is claimed? And then you got to figure it out and you got to do your homework. And, and that's certainly what we have done um, this season. You know, like those, when, when allegations and strong allegations are made, it's not like you're just going to dismiss them and say, ah, we're not going to look into it. That never happens. Um, what does happen is we take a look and say, okay, did we do what we could? Are, do, how much confidence do we have in what has already transpired? Do we need to go back and, and reopen this investigation? You know, what, what has to happen next? Those are all questions that are always on the table. Um, and again, it's a, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. It's like, sometimes I look at people and I'm like, man, you just have very little uh, understanding of working with other people. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's very easy to uh, have a hard criticism uh, that you put out onto the internet. Great. Good for you. Um, but it's clear that you've never been part of a group that actually has to work with other people and pull things off. And there's always going to be a trade-off, especially when that, that train is leaving the station. And what I mean by that is cool. You've got one competition resolving and, and a week and a half later, you got another one kicking off you have a small team to do that. What is the cost benefit of digging into something that somebody said on the internet with a lot of emphasis versus we need to prep for this next step and we've got to cut ties and keep moving. So there's always considerations like that, that, you know, people just aren't, there'll never be a full transparency of that because there cannot be for the same reason that, you know, whatever just transpired with, with you and, you know, the, the situation that you had there with your um, with children. I don't need to know the details of that. I told you. Anyway. <laughs> I know, but, but what I'm saying is that like, but it's not helpful for me to, um, yeah. to know like precisely the steps you took to get there. I just need to know that like the outcome was acceptable. And if it wasn't that there's a way to move forward and, mm. and that's it. And I think people, um, I don't know, they lose sight of that. Sometimes it's, uh, it's interesting what people say they want versus what they actually want. Um, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. I think, yeah, it does make sense. Um, I, I feel like I'm not articulating this well. And I feel like, honestly, I feel like this last, like this last stretch is one of those things that, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that no, well, it's take, a minefield though. And... It's, it's about like, I, I think, I think you are handling it well because there's like, there's booby traps around every corner. If you yeah, say the wrong sure. thing, um, or what's perceived to be the wrong thing, I guess, yeah. like you talk about cutting ties and moving on and the, the, cost benefit analysis like say the people who who i mean you can see after quarterfinals like oh that guy probably should have been at semifinals had the, those other scores been adjusted with like do you contact those people and say anything or is it left of like just they just have to accept it and move on or do you say like look cost benefit analysis like the, you know we have to move on no, we're not going to contact people and say, Hey, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Um, mm. no, that, 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 I don't think there's a lot of utility in that. And comma, I like being, where are we now? Middle of July and thinking back to, uh, a circumstance that happened four or five competitions ago in April. Like, I don't recall the circumstances enough, but I reject the idea that there was this widespread, um, lack of people that should have been present at the next stage of competition that weren't. I don't think that's true. Mm. Um, there may have been an outlier case, but this was not like a prevalent thing. This is not a big concern from our team. Yeah. Um, um, and again, that's another one of those things that like, it's easy to paint the picture of like, Oh, you blew it. And these guys definitely deserve their spot. And you're like, well, hold on a second. You, you don't have full access to all the information and you're making a very bold claim. And then when that claim doesn't come to fruition the way that, or, or the outcome doesn't come to fruition the way that you shouting about it, demand that it should happen. Now we're the bad guy. And it, you know what I mean? Even if the diligence was totally clear and open at that point, that would not be acceptable to a certain contingency of people because they've already made their mind up because somebody was loud and they had a, uh, 
uh, a path that was laid out that was not followed, even if that mm. path wasn't logical. Um, last few weeks, we've had a lot of people popping for uh, drug use. Yeah. Um, when that happens, are you like, is it just like, oh, give me a fucking break? Like, is it just like, yeah, absolutely, man. Nobody wants to deal with that. And, and I say that not in the sense that, oh, I wish I didn't have to. That's the job. Yeah. Um, but it's like, man, it sucks all the way around. You don't want people to doubt the legitimacy of the people that are at the high level of the sport and people popping for drug tests always brings that back to the forefront. Um, you, it sucks for the athletes that I believe there's a certain contingency of that uh, were not aware that they were um, taking supplements that were tainted or, you know, other circumstances that were, I won't say outside of their control because they certainly were inside mm -hmm. their control, but, but, um, but maybe not planned by them, let's say. Yeah. Um, it sucks for them. It sucks for their teammates. It sucks for the people around them. Um, and, and it's unfair to the athletes that rightfully should have progressed that, you know, didn't get that moment in the sun on the competition field, didn't get recognized in person and now have to scramble to make arrangements to be part of the big show that they should have been a part of to begin with. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's tough, man. It's, um, it's one of those things where you're like king for a day. I wish that that was a non-factor, but it's the reality of, of a sport. Does it like, do you think that it undermines it or does it legitimize it for like, are we, are these, uh, good question. Are these drugs showing up the, the result of heightened testing or of new people coming in who are like doing that play dumb thing that would have flown like, you know, yeah. back in the early days when it was like, Oh, I didn't realize uh, like yeah. are, like I, is it is it it does it further legit, legitimize it for people who like when you see Vellner fingers crossed yep. standing on the podium in August and you say well he's he's clearly clean because so yeah. many people have been caught that now it legitimizes everybody who has made it this far I would like to think so and I think there's many people that share that view but I also think there's many people that say oh there's a lot of uh, people that are coming back positive this season they just haven't caught the rest of them yeah. and there's but again that i i think to your point it's a, it's a flawed argument <laughs> uh, absolutely and and uh and and certainly not one that i believe yeah. um i'm on the other end of it where i'm like yeah this does legitimize things um but i do think there's a strong contingent out there that they've they've made their mind up already about the nature of the sport and this just further cements that um yeah. which is unfortunate um but uh, to, to answer your question um kind of prior to that why such a rash this year and i'll speculate and i got i don't have the answer but i think it is well first of all we can throw out the idea that it's because of some radically different approach to our testing that's not the case this is relatively similar to the way that we've conducted pa uh, tests in the past you know year to year we try to increase the total number of athletes that we test but the program itself has not changed radically so that's kind of a non-factor, um, which leads me to believe that I think what we're seeing right now is an influx in, like you said, newer athletes and particularly team athletes who may be a little less discerning about what they choose to ingest and a little bit less um, understanding of the real consequence of making a mistake along the way. Um, you know, the team athletes, I think, they're still kind of in this, even the higher level ones, uh, there's still kind of like this high amateur feel to what they're doing. Whereas if you look at the top athletes on the men's side and the women's side, they're very much taking it as seriously as any other professional in any other sport. I don't think that's the case for many of the teams, at least many of the athletes on the teams, you know, so yeah. there's still more of a regional kind of communal feel there, which in my opinion, opens the door for people to be less stringent. And that opens the door for situations where, you know, legitimately or otherwise, you're like, man, you, you tested positive. And now the team has to face the rest of that impact. Hmm. Um, so if I had to speculate, I think, I think the team athletes need to step up in that regard and, and say, hey, you know, if I want to engage in this as a sport, at this level, I have to take it every bit as seriously 
has the top dogs that I'm looking to. And that's just one of those things where it's an uncomfortable next step, but you know, we're seeing it this year where it's, it's, it's gotta happen. Um, is there any, uh, plans that you know of or anything to change the testing, like to, to start, you know, like to use water or to change how you do things or how, how the systems that are in place, or is it, is this confirmation that the system is working and there's no need to change? Uh, yeah, I think it's confirmation that the, the system is pretty good that we have. And like all things that we do at the end of the season, we do a real retrospective and we say, all right, what can we do next season? What's appropriate? How do we expand in a way that makes sense? Mm. Um, but yeah, to me, this is an indicator that what we have is a pretty good foundation to continue building from as far as um, drug testing. I'm expecting a lot of, uh, I'm not answering that from the next few questions, but we'll go for it anyway. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Um, the games is programmed. <laughs> yes, it is. Everything's tied off. No last minute. You're not. You're not. As we talk, I'm not going to say that. Maybe workout three should be like. Well, I'll say that we are probably ninety percent of the way there. Okay. Um, and then there's always going to be. This is the nature of the games: is that there will always be some adjustments and refinements that are made when we get on site, uh, when we do final, final, final rounds of testing, when we take a look at competing schedule demands for in-person experience, athlete experience, broadcast experience, mm. equipment transitions, all that kind of stuff that you have to consider. So there'll always be a little bit of wiggle and refinement, um, but we're pretty close right now. No major changes from here on out. Is there going to be cuts? I can't, I cannot, uh, release that on your podcast. Um, so I can't confirm or deny. I'll use the old spy line. Okay, yeah, that's uh, but what I can say is that this year we plan, uh, probably in the next couple of days, actually, um, to release that information to athletes explicitly before they get to their competition. So all athletes okay. are going to know, um, you know, some of them might already be in Madison acclimating or whatever, so I can't say before they get there, but certainly well before their competition starts, before orientation, before check-in, all of that, they'll be well aware of what's expected from their division. Okay. Yeah. Um, how many workouts is there going to be? Oh, come on. I can't say that. I know you can't, but I mean, if I don't ask, <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot if I don't even try. Um, I, is there is there going to be any um, kind of teasers? Is there going to be any yes. kind of like, okay... I actually just I, met with, uh, we had a meeting today to start to um, finalize our schedule for some of that kind of lead up information. And so, yeah, there'll be some teasers coming out shortly. Um, have you got a favorite workout? Oh, I've got game? a couple. Okay. What makes them? Absolutely. I've, um, I heard you talk about one that everyone can do. Yes, that's exciting. Um, we, that, that one is going to be, um, interesting. And I think that one's for the nerds. And I say that lovingly cause I'm among those ranks. Yeah. But, well, you said it to chase and he's in there as well. So yeah, fair, total nerd, <laughs> king of the nerds. Um, he, <laughs> he's that weird jock nerd combo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like a rare nerd. He's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like double XP for killing. Yeah. He's like that shiny silver card that you yeah. really get. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is going to be a pretty cool look back because you'll be able to sift through the data a little bit and say, oh, there's some interesting stories that emerged. Check out this team athlete that was able to hold her own against the best women in the world, for example, or this age group athlete that um, would have been comparable to the bottom half of the men's field or, or something like that. You know? Oh, so when you say everyone will do it, everyone will do it at the games. Yes. Okay. I thought you meant like me at home. Well, you could do that too, but I probably couldn't, but I appreciate no, it. I, no, you, I bet you could. Well, that was the challenge when you create something. You're like, okay, how do you build something that is appropriate for a 65 plus woman yeah. in the field and Tia Claire Toomey? Um, yeah. yeah, it's a pretty big spread. So how do you tackle that? And that That's was a fun challenge, but yes. I, so What's Everybody the second, second favorite that pops out? What, what can you tell us about that? Oh, man. Saturday night is going to be epic. Um, I, it's hard to say, you know, without giving away details. That Saturday night is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, 
there's an event that I have wanted to do elements of that's not Saturday night uh, for years that we're able to do this year. So that's really fun. That's a favorite. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to pick in the age group divisions. This is really fun. Uh, they get to have their hands on um, a lot of the equipment that the individuals will experience. That's a little bit unique. So they get to play on that as well, which I, I really think is fun. So is that like, maybe not this specifically, but like cheese curds, like that kind of stuff? Well, you know, so like every year we introduce some pieces of equipment that may be a little bit unique, et cetera. Mm. And so this year we're planning to do the same and the age group categories will get to experience that as well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, hey, I just did one of the uh, age group workouts uh, the other day in my garage, and uh, I beat the uh, 65 plus time cap. So I was pretty excited about that. That's <laughs> so great. That's great. It was it was uncomfortably close, but but I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. There was a couple of moments during it where you're like, uh oh, but yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah. you're in by the skin of your teeth. Um, what will make you satisfied then? So say on the whatever eighth of August or whatever, is there something that you're thinking of specifically that will make you think that was a success? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different domains there. Um, you know, every time you're staring down a big event like this with a lot of moving pieces, it's, and not because you doubt yourself, but you're like, yeah, can we do it at all? Like there's a lot. Um, of course I have faith in the team that we can, but you know, you just have those moments where you're like, man, can we do it? So doing it will be the win. Um, but I think to me, what's really important. And I said this, um, I think it was to, Sean and Tommy recently, uh, that it's really important to me that, you know, the games, obviously it's a transitional year. Um, it's gotta be what people expect it to be. It's gotta be this epic, complete test and it's gotta be big and it's gotta showcase the athletes and it's gotta stretch the athletes and it's gotta frustrate some of the athletes. Um, and it's gotta be all of these things. Um, and it's gotta be inspirational to the community and it's gotta give people something to rally around and it's gotta inspire people to get back in the gym and say, Hey, you know what? I could, I could take my own fitness a little bit further and I could be a little bit more uh, diligent about my own lifestyle habits and and things like that. Um, and I, it, I feel it's really important on a personal level to reflect all of that because that's what I believe the games to be. It's this big festival from this niche community that believes in this thing enough. Um, to be interested in all aspects of it. And, uh, yeah, it's, I, again, I'm rambling. I don't know how articulate I'm being, but it is important to me to carry that torch. Um, and obviously I'm going to do it in my own way. And obviously there's going to be some things that are going to be a little bit different because of that, but it's rooted in the tradition of what CrossFit is and by extension, what the CrossFit games are. Is is there? I can I actually I like when you ramble because your passion comes across. So I think, you know, I wouldn't be <laughs> anyway self conscious about it. Um, okay. Is I there? That. Have you started looking at twenty twenty three yet, or is that like yes? Okay, that can wait till September. No, I. So the way I operate is that like anything that we had to pitch because it was just too much this year, or logistically it wasn't possible to pull it off with everything else we have going on, or it was a great idea but not yet. Um, I just have a little document where I house all of that stuff yeah. and it's, it's by piece of the season too. So I've got notes on what I want to do for the open next year and notes on what I want to do for quarters and notes on what I want to do for semis and notes on, Hey, this would be a great games event next year. Um, they're not fully fleshed out because mm. the focus just can't be there, but there's certainly the seeds of things that will grow into more complete ideas. So are we working under the assumption then that 2023 and presumably beyond will have open quarter semis games, open quarter semis games? Yeah, the I mean, there's going to be some details that change, but um, what we're hoping is that there should be a season that's relatively consistent that people can follow and that they can expect. Um, you know, there's enough dy- dynamism within the events themselves that um, athletes and spectators shouldn't be guessing as to like what's happening when and how. Hmm. So a little bit of predictability there is, is a good thing. Um, and then last question, is there any truth to rumors that, um, 
the games could move outside of the United States next year or the year after? Um, it's unlikely. Uh, you know, again, it's one of those things where uh, we're certainly going to be looking for the next home of the games. Um, I don't know that it's time for that to be overseas yet, or at least overseas from the United States. Um, I think if we're looking on a larger time scale, you know, we're looking at five years down the road, 10 years down the road, I think it's inevitable that we'll have, um, at some point, a home outside of the United States. I don't think that's going to happen in the near term. Okay. Pretty unlikely. That's disappointing. Well, you know. <laughs> on a personal level, it's disappointing because yeah. you know, fly, flights to America aren't cheap. I hear um, you, man. Well, listen, thank you uh, for coming on. Thank you for talking so candidly and for going through yeah. everything and for being so patient when I went to deal with my kids. Um, no problem. Best of luck with the rest of the season. I'm excited to see um, what comes out. I'm excited to see what workout you made it under the time cap for, and I'm excited to see <laughs> what you think I'm capable of that I can do the same workouts as people at the games. Um, and yeah, just best well, of hey, luck let's 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 talk again after the games, and let's see if you can pick out some of the things that were my favorite. Let's see what you think about the workout that everybody can do, and whether or not you could actually do it. Yeah, and, uh, I I would love to continue that conversation after the oh definitely after everything's revealed. I'm keen. We'll make it an annual sit down. That um, sounds great. <laughs> yeah, best look at everything, and uh, yeah, enjoy your weekend. All right, man. Always a pleasure. See you Thanks soon. Thanks very much. Uh,